everyone. Welcome back to the Dogman Intern Podcast here on dogman.com. I am Jack McCauley. That is Luke Munger. Today we got the Michigan State Spartan Preview. Washington heads to East Lansing in week three, 2-0 after beating Boise State and Tulsa. Michigan State on the other end, 2-0 after beating the Richmond Spiders and Eastern Michigan but first, before we dive into it, Mr. Munger, how is uh, the beginning of week three leading up for you? You know, it's been pretty good. Started rewatching Friday Night Lights, and if that's not the best show on TV, I don't know what is. The Office? Yeah, I guess it's a different category of show, though, but I do love Friday Night Lights. Jack, why don't you, why don't you give everybody a health status update? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I will be, uh, well, I, without giving too much away, I, I'm still listed on the depth chart maybe, but, uh, yeah. you know, game time decision, I'm out with the concussion and concussion protocol. Um, and if you're wondering how that happened, <laughs> it, it happened when uh, Tyler Shuck threw a pick six, his pick six to Texas Tech. Uh, yeah, got a concussion, leaning a little, hit my head too, a little too hard after that. Um <laughs> Not the best, not the best start of the week for me, but. Are you feeling better? Yeah, feeling a lot better. Um, it's definitely, it's one of those things where like the light on the computer and, you know, concentrating too hard on certain things, I'll get a pretty mm-hmm. bad headache. Um, and then I haven't really tried to drive much lately because I, I was like walking around and looking at the street signs and it felt like it was in 0.5 speed focusing on things. Yeah. It was like, it was like tunnel vision, but not really tunnel. Vi- it's weird. It's hard to describe. And I mean, I'm sure other people have had concussions and can kind of relate, but it, it's weird. Certainly. Well, I hope you feel better soon. My good sir. Um, and yeah, you know, Jack, it's an interesting matchup that the Huskies have. Yeah. Weekend. Uh, without, we don't have to dive. I don't think we have to give too much analysis of the story of the Mel Tucker situation. I guess kind of getting into it too, you kind of wonder what the morale of the locker room is like. Cause it's either it's, it's one or the other. It's either they come out like, you know, rabid and they have a huge chip on their shoulder. They're all fired up and whatnot, or they are completely demoralized and out of sync. It's, it's one of the two. Certainly. Well, you have to think, I mean, when was Mel Tucker's final year at Colorado 2019, right? So he's had 2020, 2021, 2022, and 2023. So the the overwhelming majority of the players on this roster have come to play for Mel Tucker. Um, and like you said, I mean, what last year was a tough year. Perhaps this gives a new an opportunity for like you know just playing free opportunity to find a new identity. But also it could be crushing in the terms of like, well, the person that I kind of pledged my four years of college football to is no longer, or at least his status is. Very much in question. Yeah. And, you know, they had a ton of kids. They had 15 transfers come in. Um, and that's, and that, you know, that's outside the 16 high school entry. So in total, you have 31 kids out of what, an 85 man roster. Almost half the roster is new this year. So they're pledging, they're coming to Michigan State because of Mel Tucker and they believe in yeah. him. And then not even three games into the season, he's out suspended. It's just a mess. And you kind of wonder what the locker room feels like. You know, they obviously have some good leaders. On the team, you know, and I, I think that I, I, I truly believe that, you know, looking at the roster, you can, and, you know, watching their games, you can kind of tell who they're, you know, emotional and, and what not leaders are, but you obviously wonder how the team's going to show up against a big, big, uh, one of the bigger games on the schedule. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, I mean, 
I think everyone's going to draw comparisons to how the Huskies played Arizona State last year on the road shortly after Herm Edwards was dismissed from the team. Um, so some potential scar tissue there for the Washington Huskies. Overall, I think it's very hard to say what you're going to see from the Spartans um, this coming Saturday. Though we do know who will be playing for them. We which do will know. Lead us into the game preview, and then we can kind of speculate on what we expect to see on Saturday later. Um, but Jack, starting on the offensive side of the ball, tell me, I guess, give me the identity of this Michigan State. Yeah, offense. I, I feel like it's one. their identity is still kind of a mystery just because, you know, they haven't had much of a test yet. You know, was it, they played Central Michigan and they played Richmond. So a MAC team and an FCS team, it's almost like you're getting practice reps in still. You know, you haven't really faced a ton of adversity. You know, the talent level there is completely different. But Noah Kim leads them offen- offensively on the offensive side of the ball. He beat out, he beat out Caden Hauser, a former Boise State um, commit um, for the starting job. And Noah Kim's interesting. He's a really interesting player because he has a ton of talent. Um, ton of talent. Uh, you know, he's 6'2", a buck 85. He can use his legs well. Um, and he's got a pretty good arm. It's just kind of his decision-making uh, that, that really hasn't developed quite yet. And, he, you know, some of his intangibles aren't quite there. But, you know, that I think that could come with time. But obviously you have a big test this weekend and it's good for him to have two games under his belt where, uh, you, you know, you're getting able to get those reps in and whatnot, not having to worry too much. Uh, you know, I, I guess kind of shifting that back to you, Luke. Is there anything in, in particular that you've noticed with Noah Kim, you know, through these first two games? Yeah, well, Noah, it's interesting. Like you said, I don't think he, he hasn't had a significant test yet. Uh, he only has two starts. And then he played in a few games last year, but more in mop-up duty, never really significant playing time. Uh, the one thing that I think surprised me about Noah Kim is that they actually kind of pushed the ball downfield a little bit. Like they've run the ball a lot to start it, but they've gotten vertical as well. His average depth of target on PFF is a little over 12 yards. And for comparison's sake, uh, Michael Penix's is exactly 11 this year. Obviously there were a lot of short throws last week for the Huskies. So I think that's skewed a little bit, but uh, I think that they, this is an offense that kind of gets the, uh, I guess, begins by running the ball effectively uh, with Nate Carter, their transfer from UConn. And then that opens up things downfield where they can get a little vertical, aggressive in second and short, third and short, where they have the entire playbook at their disposal. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, when I think of this Michigan State offense, to me, it starts with Mr. Carter, the transfer from UConn. Tell me a little bit about Michigan State's run offense here, Jack. Yeah, they definitely like to pound the rock under Mel Tucker. That's kind of how they formed their offensive identity. You know, obviously you can remember two years ago uh, when they had Kenneth Walker there. He yeah. was arguably the best running back in the nation at, during that year. So they really tried to bring that back. Uh, last year they had a kid from Colorado. Jericho, and, um, yeah. Jericho sorry, I can't remember, can't remember his name. And then um, – and then they also brought in Jalen Berger from Wisconsin. Broussard's gone. Uh, Jalen Berger is back, and he's a second stringer under Nathan Carter. They're really trying to use Nathan Carter, though, as that lead guy, kind of like they did with Kenneth Walker. Uh, he was a UConn Husky um, previously. And he's and, and Carter's had a really solid season so far, and he's run behind a much more stable offensive line this year than last year. There have been a couple injuries here and there between the lines so far to start the season, but nothing like last year where they brought in a ton of new pieces, you know, had some injury problems and whatnot. So they've had some stability on the offensive line, which is good for them. And then Noah Car- Nathan Carter, I mean, 
is uh, he's a pretty dynamic back on the smaller side um, in terms of height, but he does weigh a decent amount. So he's kind of a little bit of a bowling ball, 5'10", 200 pounds. Um, but he's got some serious breakaway speed. He, you know, he can, he can get, he can get out and, you know, make guys miss. Uh, you'll probably expect a long from him this game. I think, you know, he'll get a couple carries over 10 yards and maybe in that 15 to 20 yard range. And then out of the backfield too, I think is where he can be dangerous. Uh, they'll probably look to get to him. Not as much as we saw, you know, Boise state, uh, hit Ashton Genty or anything like that, but they're, they're going to try and use him for sure. Especially in those third and long situations. He had a couple big, uh, plays there where he'll average, you know, about 15, 20 yards out of the backfield, but they definitely lean on him. Um, you know, as kind of their, as definitely their workhorse back. And then Jalen Carter's more, um, you know, inside the tens, inside the twenties and such. Certainly. Yeah. I think, uh, I don't know if this was a lazy comparison, but I kind of looking at Nate Carter felt some miles Gaskin comparisons, you know, in terms of stature, like you said, not super, not like physically imposing, but still heavier than Gaskin, probably about 50 heavier than Gaskin, but like he's a patient kind of one cut guy quick, you know? Um, and then like, although he's not, he's a little heavier than Gaskin, like you said, but I mean, he's not like a Richard Newton size back, but you're also not going to like, if like, you're not going to bring him down if you just get an arm on him, right? Like you really have to square him up. So I think that he'll be a challenge for the Huskies. Um, and then he's one of those guys too, where he's always going to kind of look kind of like you said, he always fights and seems to get those positive Mm -hmm. yardages. It's just about limiting him. You know, you can't, keep giving him four yards a pop. It's, you know, getting him two to three. He'll always find those positive yards. So it's just about limiting and containing him. Certainly. Yeah. So then sticking with skill positions, they have one kind of marquee receiver, Jack and Trey Mosley, and then a handful of guys that they've mixed in uh, to get targets as well. Uh, But I guess give us a little breakdown of this Michigan State receiver room. Yeah, I really like Trey Mosley. Uh, he's definitely the leader in the receiving room. You know, they obviously lost Keon Coleman, who was expected to be their stud receiver coming back in the 2023 season to Florida State, and he's been nothing but spectacular there. Uh, but Trey Mosley, I really like what he brings to the table um, this year. He leads the team in receptions with eight, 123 yards receiving. I definitely think they're going to look to go to him majority. I, and I expect Jabbar Muhammad to be the one who's matched up with him just because he is mm-hmm. by far and away the, the most dynamic within the room. Another guy, he's not listed as a receiver. He's actually a tight end. I really like Malik Carr. He is extremely physical, both as a blocker and a receiver. They're going to look to him a lot in the end zone. I think he's a matchup problem for Washington. And I think those are the two most dynamic guys they have in the yeah. receiving room, um, you know, he's he's only had a couple receptions on the year, but I think he's one of those guys where they, they've tried to target him a lot just because hasn't really found his way. And then also, I think in the red zone, I think that's one of the guys that they're going to look to. Christian Fitzpatrick is another guy, and Jerron Glover are two guys, too, who are each over 100 yards on the season. Outside of that, they don't have a ton who are going to get um, – you know, a bunch of touches. If there is another one named, it's probably Montori Foster. Mm-hmm. But you're looking at Jerron Glover, Fitzpatrick to kind of be the guys to compliment Mosley. Certainly. Yeah. I was going to say, if I could call out one receiver that isn't Mosley, I think it would be Fitzpatrick. I just, he's 6'4, 220 pounds. I think he's a big target. And another person that I think Noah Kim can get vertical with. 
Um, and then just to give a shout out to the name, he does have one reception for 45 yards and a touchdown this year, Antonio Gates Jr. on the Spartans. And if you're like, oh, that's funny. His name's Antonio Gates Jr. I wonder if the answer is yes, it is Antonio Gates' son. <laughs> like pretty cool. I saw that and I thought that was pretty funny. Um, he's a redshirt freshman. He is a talented kid. I just don't think you're going to go to him in some of those big games. Um, and I think that's, I think it's a good call out though. Nonetheless, with the receiving room though, I think this is one of those games where you can, especially with Noah Kim not beating as proven as a passer, you know, I would like to see Washington really try and stack the box and say, mm -hmm. Hey, let's go like beat us through the air before we start backing sure. away. Um, and, and I think they're going to, I, sorry, to, not to cut you off, but I think Michigan State, especially at home in, a, in an environment where they're going to feel comfortable, I think they will come out and want to run the ball. And yes. if the Huskies don't take that away, it could be like ugly. I'm not necessarily saying they'll lose if yeah. they can't take it away, but it, it like it will not be a fun watching experience for Husky fans if Noah, Noah Carter is getting, or excuse me, Nate Carter is getting six yards of carry and the Huskies are constantly on the field on defense. You know, yeah. so I think. The Huskies will really try to key in on that. And like you said, like Trey Mosley, they've got some talented receivers, but I think the Huskies will say, like, no, Kim, this is your first Power 5 start. Or, oh, gosh. No, I'm ready for that. Yeah. Um, and I'd love Carter. to see I, I keep mixing. So there's Nate Carter and Noah Kim. And I know. Somewhere. There's, but, uh, there's a Noah Kim somewhere that I keep getting. But anyways, I think you're thinking. I think I'm from a Husky guard. That's <laughs> No, 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 not no, not Nas Carter. There's a Noah Carter. I don't know. Right, I'll look him up. Anyways, it's all over my yeah. But what I think, you know, Washington, if they're going to want to win this game, they de they definitely know they're the underdogs coming in. They know Washington's offense is explosive, and they're going to want to give them minimal chances to have the ball. They're going to want to have a slow game where they are in control of the tempo. You know, have the time want to control time of possession. So that way they can give Washington as you know the as minimal chances as possible. So if Washington is able to stop the run and get the ball back pretty quickly, I think it's one of those games where you could see uh, Washington try pull away a little bit. But if it's like kind of like we talked about, if Noah Nathan Carter is um, getting those chunk yardages and he's able to move the sticks, especially with the new clock rules, it could be a close game. It could be a low scoring game. So that's the key for Washington. In my opinion, I think Washington really has to start, stop Carter, um, play, you know, really make them speed up the pace and really make Noah Kim beat you with his, uh, with his arm. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now, switching to the defensive side of the ball, this is a group that struggled a lot last year. They gave up, I think, twenty, a little over 27 points per game. 
Uh, but they were PFF's 12th lowest graded team in coverage in all of FBS. Um, they've looked improved to start this year. However, it's been against Richmond and Central Michigan, so hard to say exactly what the takeaways are from those first couple of games. Uh, but Jack, I guess, where do you want to start on the on the d- defensive side for Michigan? Yeah, I think it's important to kind of start with their linebackers. Uh, Cal Halliday is definitely the leader of this entire football team. I think he is um, their best player defensively. Um, he's 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 an older guy, and he's you know he's he's got control of the defense. Another guy I think worth pointing out um, opposite side of him is Darius snow. He's not registered for any statistics this year because he's been out and he was out for last year's game against Washington with injuries as well. But I think he's a guy that Michigan state really needs to get on the field. Extremely talented linebacker who matches up opposite side of Halliday. Be able to have those two. That's a really uh, sturdy uh, running, you know, running group um, or not running group, linebacker group. Uh, They're up front. They are pretty dangerous up front. I think their front seven is dangerous, and that's the strength yeah. of this football team, in my opinion, um, is their defensive front along with the linebackers. Certainly. They got a couple guys there. Derek Harmon, um, he's a sophomore tackle along with Simeon Barrow. I like both of them up at the D-line, and they have some good depth, too, on the edges. Chris Bogle and uh, Zion Young will be the guys who are you know, obviously outside but Tumnis Adelaide, high high profile transfer from Texas A&M, was a blue chip recruit out of high school. He is uh, their backup, and Brandon Wright, another guy, extremely talented senior. Um, so they have some great depth up front, and w- which you know, with a Washington team that likes to play quick, having guys who can come in fresh and play, I think, is important. Certainly. And one more guy to point out in the front seven, Jacoby Winman, I think is a really interesting character. UNLV transfer last year, he had five and a half sacks in the first two games. And then he finished with five and a half on the season. However, he was still really effective against the run and they've moved him inside. So now he's an inside linebacker and he's been really effective there. Great against the run. He also has a sack from an inside linebacker spot this year. I think it'll be interesting. Like I'm curious to see if the Huskies will try to find ways to kind of target the middle of the field and see if they can find Jacoby Winman in coverage. I don't know what he brings to the table in coverage, but considering he's moving from the edge, I think it'll like, I don't know. That's just something I think the Huskies might look to try. However, I think both like, I think downhill, whether it's filling against the run or getting after the quarterback, Jacoby Winman is really dynamic player on the Michigan state defense. Moving to the secondary Interesting group. You have a couple returning starters in Angela Gross and Charles Brantley. And then uh, Dylan Tatum, Jaden Mangum, and Malik Spencer were all true freshmen last year who didn't start but saw increasing roles as the season went on. I think that'll be interesting because, like I mentioned, Michigan State struggled in coverage last year. The Husky saw it firsthand in Husky Stadium. It'll be interesting to see with some new talent in there if this will be kind of a retooled an improved secondary. Yeah, the elephant in the in the room for their defensive side is definitely the secondary for them. It was pretty ugly last year at, at Husky Stadium. Sure, they had some injuries, but the group as a whole just wasn't quite there. And they really have to be able to uh, step up this game against Washington, which everybody obviously knows. Great passing attack with amazing receivers. Um, they And their depth is pretty shaky, too, in the secondary, which is pretty concerning mm-hmm. for them. Uh, since they are thin, they have some experience, but it's just not necessarily been proven. And, you know, you've seen amazing results over time. Michigan State, however, I think one glaring 
uh, statistic for them this season is against two poor competition teams. They've only forced one turnover this year. They've only forced one turnover. And against going into a Washington team that takes care of the ball pretty well uh, and obviously is very dynamic on the outside, doesn't bode well. You know, obviously you got to get pressure and stop the run. You know, I guess stopping the run it might not even be a big deal considering Washington has passed the second fewest times in um, college football. But <laughs> Michigan State on the outside really has to play um, play play a great game. And, you know, you need some of their um, guys yeah. – um, a Dre Butler, another guy to play well. Certainly. One thing that I think is interesting is I saw Michigan state hasn't allowed a pass of 20 yards or more this year, but I, I mean, without having watched those full games, I have a hard time believing that is yeah. a reflection of the talent. <laughs> that they well, I watched the central Michigan game in the central Michigan quarterback. Uh, had I was going to say, I promise you this, the Huskies will attempt and likely complete a few passes of 20 plus yards. I'm going to go I, out on a crazy limb and say that. And that's not a shot at Michigan State's defense. I mean, that's just Washington's identity, right? And like a very bold take, and a very bold take. You know, yeah. <laughs> right. So, yeah. And, and in general, I mean, here's the thing with Michigan State. I think uh, it's a physical team. I think that it'll be the most physical test Washington's had to this point. Uh, they run the ball well. Their front seven is strong. Secondary, it'll be interesting to see what it looks like retooled. Uh, passing game has looked good so far, uh, but it'll be interesting to see. Noah Kim in his first competition against P5 uh, competition. All that to say, I think it's kind of a mixed bag. I think you can go a lot of ways with how you predict this one. So we'll get to predictions in a second or confidence interval. Uh, Jack, do you want to start with bet to bark? Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, I'm going to go with offensively. I'm going to go with Roma Dunsey. I just don't see anybody on the outside. Um, in Michigan State's secondary that can really match up with him, his physicality and his size too well. I think they go to him a lot uh, and often. I think he has a good day as a whole. And I, I like like we've kind of been talking about, it's a mixed bag that where you they haven't really been tested this year. And last year they were they didn't do too great, you know. So mm-hmm. it's it's one of those matchups where you can see Washington trying to take advantage of. Yeah. I think that's a good call. Full disclosure, I was going to do Roma Dunze on offense. So. Yeah, yeah. How about that? <laughs> yeah, so I'll, I'll pivot. I'm going to say Devin Culp. Um, just, and the reason I'm going to say Devin Culp is because, again, I think with uh, Cal Holiday, who does have an interception in the middle and Jacoby Winman, I think specifically with Winman being moved inside, I think Washington will kind of try the middle of the field, mid or intermediate. Yeah. Uh, I think Michigan State will be – highly keyed in on these receivers, probably in particular uh, Jalen Polk, who had three touchdowns against Michigan State last year. Um, and I think that will allow things in the middle. And uh, Jack Westover's already had a big game for the dogs. So I'm going I'm going four plus catches for Devin Culp on Saturday. Defensively, I like that too, call. I like that call out as well. You know, they definitely, Washington loves to do a ton of different interesting formations with their tight ends. I thought their offset eye look they had a couple weeks ago was uh, fantastic, and I think they try to do something similar again to get those linebackers out in space. Uh, defensively, oh gosh, you know, I I, I like MJ Allay here. I think that MJ Allay has to be critical um, and, you know, plug in some holes, and, you know, he's the front line of defense in the run game. You know, obviously they're going to run the ball a heck of a lot, heck of a lot with Nathan Carter on the ground, and so I think if you're going to limit him to those two, three yards, 
a pop carries, you got to be able to close some holes. And, you know, I don't know if there's a better guy in Washington's defense to do it than the six, five mammoth from Fife. Love that. I'm going to go, I was picking, it could have been one of four people from this room, but I'm going to go with Raylan Goforth for mine. And the reason I'm going Raylan Goforth is as follows. Um, I think they're going to try to give it to Nathan Carter 20 plus times. And I feel like Raylan Goforth is, I mean, obviously he had the gigantic hit against Utah last year, but I feel like he's m- the most enforcer of yeah. that group in the middle. And I think, so you can maybe even go with Dominique Hampton as another option too. But I think the Huskies are going to need someone to step up and like make the Spartans think about running it up the middle as much as they're probably going to. Right. So, and I think, I think that's a good call out too. He's definitely the more physical linebacker of him and Tupatala. So I think we're going to see a big increasing role for him this game. Excellent. Now, Jack confidence interval. I'll kick this one off. I feel like I've put you on the spot. I'm not going to lie. I think I'm going to go like 6.5. I <laughs> know. <laughs> I know that's not, um, I mean, I don't know. I think it's easy for Husky fans to feel nerves. Uh, it's a very similar situation to what Washington found themselves going into Arizona State, especially if you consider there's kind of questionable status for some players in the secondary for the Huskies as well. So similar vibes there. I do think the Huskies will be prepared, though. And um, I know they're a determined team that believes they can accomplish a lot. But still, I mean, I don't think there's any cakewalk going into a Big Ten team that isn't Northwestern right now. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, I I actually was thinking 6.5 as well. That's what I have it at. I, you know, similar reasons to you. I just think, you know, your first true road game of the year, um, playing on grass, which is unfamiliar. Um, and then it's also, it's you know, it's a Big Ten team that's physical, it's just a different kind of team you haven't played um, this year yet. Washington has obviously been on the injury train a little bit. So, you know, you you expect those guys to come back, uh, you know, what their role might be. I expect Washington to win. Uh, it's just one of those games that's just there's a lot of weird things surrounding it, and you could see the game getting weird itself. So I, I, I'm going to say 6.5. I think Washington wins this one. It's just one of those games where, you know, I expect them to win. I see them winning but there's just a weird sort of aura around it. If that, if that makes sense. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I think there are lots of reasons for Husky fans to feel tight about this one, regardless, it will be exciting to watch. Uh, so while you're watching, check out the game day boards at dogman.com pre post game, during game coverage, go dogs. <laughs> <laughs>